Good evening, good morning, no matter where in the world you might be, welcome to another live edition of the Highbury Squad. It's a happier Monday than the Monday of the previous season. Here we roll. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Highbury Squad, another live edition for you. For those listening on replay, uh, welcome. For those of you listening on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast, thank you so much for joining us this fine Monday evening. Of course, once again, here with me is my podcast brother from another mother, Mr. Super Kev. Squaddies, how you doing? I hope you're well. I hope you had a really good long weekend and you enjoyed some of those results. Anyway, at ease, squaddies, at ease, and let's go. Okay, we have a special guest joining us this evening. He should be here any second now, hence the background. Kev, what do you think of my backdrop this fine Monday? Uh, hmm. I, I love it. So I love it. Those were the times where the, the battle of London versus Manchester was on. And it was us against United. United had a great side. We had a great side. And it was out of the two of us who were going to win. And the battles and the two captains, you know, it was, it was war, wasn't it? But it was, a great, it was a great rivalry. Really was a great rivalry. When it's similar to, you know, I guess when when you were playing, so you know, in the era of the Premier League and the inception of the Premier League. By the way, Kev, you know, when the Premier League was in um, created in 1992, mm-hmm. I was a young person working at 20th Century Fox, and they got the DVD rights to the Premier League season review. And if you do have a copy on DVD of the Premier League season review from 1992, I'm the one who wrote the copy at the back of the DVD. Well, you see, now (laughs) that is something I didn't know. So, you know what I mean? I didn't know that. But listen, it was a changing face of football, wasn't it? You know, the the Premier League has changed football, um, changed how how we watch football. Change the days we watch football. Um, you know, we've we've gone through cheerleaders at one stage on a Monday night. If you remember that, we've gone through we've gone through oh. all sorts of different changes. Um, you know, as I said, games Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's been, but the coverage has been is, has been excellent. Um, not enough three o'clocks on a Saturday for 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 fans. I get that yeah. sometimes. Yeah, but all in all, it's been it's been good, definitely. It makes me feel old too, Craig. I was desperate. I was trying to like prove myself uh, at Fox because I wanted to be in the PR department, Kev. And finally they said, okay, write something for the back of this. You're the one here. It just so happened I was the one person that loved football as well, right? By the way, Flex is just rebooting his system. He'll be on in just a second. So I thought I'd fill in here a little bit. Yeah, I had a DVD. Dude, 
it was the it, it was a VHS, but then it tran it translated to DVD. So they let me write it because nobody else wanted to write it, and that was kind of like my little mini mini big big break, Kev. But it's thirty years. Can you believe yeah, that I nonsense? Can. I can. I can. I've got, listen, I get reminded of it every day. <laughs> I do. I get reminded of this every day. The, you know what? So the years just fly by. They really Too do fast. fly by. They Too do. fast. And I'm sure you see that with your boys playing as well now. All right. Listen, yeah. we have him for half an hour. We're not going to waste any more time. He's a very brave man to come in to an Arsenal podcast the day after the result that he had. But we had arranged this a couple of weeks ago. I've loved talking to him on Sky Sports. We've gone at it. Arsenal v Man United. Mr. Flex from United <laughs> Review TV. Welcome to the squad. How you doing? Hey, uh, Flex. Hey, how you doing, Kev? Um, I'm good, how you doing, mate. Soph? Oh, that's good. I am um, basically I'm late because you know the laptop just knew that I was going on an Arsenal <laughs> podcast and thought <laughs> I might have to give you some gremlins in the system. What are you doing going on that? after yesterday so uh i had to convince it otherwise um but uh here now so yeah big up to you guys man Thanks well we really you. we really appreciate, appreciate it i've you, loved mate. our appreciate duels it. on um yes i sports as well and you know both of our clubs flex have been going through a major transition kevin and i were just talking about 30 years of the premier league in those first few years there's no doubt arsenal and manchester united helped galvanize the entire thing it feels like you guys are kinder at where we were towards the end of the Wenger era, the end of the Emery era, and the beginning of the Arteta era, but maybe a little bit more broken. Yeah. What's your definitely. sense? What's your sense, mate, on what's happening? My sense is I look at in social media. Like it's like the social media derby, isn't it? You know, Man United against Arsenal. There's a lot of content creators. We go back at it, and and actually, there's more parallels than we think because we just get involved in. Oh, you had a rubbish season. Oh, you didn't achieve this. You didn't achieve that. When in reality, like we say, the fall from grace from both clubs has been meteoric. You look at look at the pictures back there. You know, look look at that when Kev used to play against both teams. He'll, he'll tell you, and obviously at Arsenal, we tell you so. Um, the fall's been meteoric, but what I, I do see a lot of parallels. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I think that's difficult for Man United fans because a lot of Manchester United stuff is, oh, well, we're not Arsenal. Oh, they're, we're, they're not them. But essentially, we are. There's a lot There's a lot of parallels, but we're not anymore. You guys are actually ahead of us. And I see us as sort of three to four years behind you guys. But when I look at Arsenal, I feel like there was, there was what I like about what Arsenal have done is there was a point when they said, okay, stop. Let's stop what we're doing here. Edu, Arteta, is it Vishai, is the other transfer guy? Vinay. Vinay, um, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Apologies, Vinay. Um, let's agree on a strategy of where we're going to go. Let's get Mikel Arteta his players. Let's get Edu uh, the, the agreed targets. Let's not listen to any backlash or what anything happens. Let's do that. Let's sort out getting rid of the likes of Willian and David Luiz and Aubameyang and... Lacazette and let's let's phase all these guys out. Pablo Mari didn't work. All these types of players, um, you know, Guendouzi. Let's 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 take the hit on those and let's agree on a way to go. And that's I think what the biggest problem at Manchester United is, is that there's hope to see how you guys have done it, 
to then have a team before the beginning of the season that you're proud of and say, you know what, this should be an exciting season. But at Manchester United, we're still running in exactly the same incompetent way, making the same mistakes after the same mistakes. As of today, guys, and, you know, laugh by all means, because we've been laughing at ourselves. We're linked to Marco Arnautovic. Like, well in older. An older Anelovic as well, not a young, an, old, an older one. Not the one that was a pain to play against at Stoke. Not the one no. that was that was a pain to play against at the London Stadium at West Ham. The one that went off to China. The one that is now at Bologna. That Anelovic, you know. And if you're a Manchester United fan, you're thinking, well, "Hang on a minute. You can excuse one stopgap to get you by, i.e., Odin Agallo. We were told that that was a stopgap. We haven't really got what we need here. We need a bit of backup. Let's bring him in. Okay, cool. He goes. Uh, we're panicking a little bit. I know he's been a bit injured for the last six months, but we'll get Cavani. He's like, got good stock, but, you know, it's a stopgap. All right, cool. We all got excited when Ronaldo came. Fine. I was on that train. But essentially, stopgap. It's, 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 it's a great stopgap because he's an amazing player, but it's a two-year stopgap. You then don't get another forward, and then you go, hmm, Anatovic. What on earth is the planning? So what I'm, in, in reference to your question is my thoughts are I'm very worried because... At least Arsenal, under Arteta, still not quite there yet. And this is the season he has to deliver, of course. But you can look at your team before the league started and say, you know what? We've got a clear philosophy. You can now look at that team and it looks like a team that's in Arteta's image. Mm -hmm. It's a team that is progressive. It's a team that has what? Last year, they were the youngest team in the league. Um, and that is very deliberate. Those are not things that happen by accident. That is meticulous planning. And ignoring all the noises, we'll take the hit and everyone laughing at us for losing the Bamiyang. We'll take the hit on losing Ozil. We'll take the hit on everyone laughing that 50 million is too much for Ben White. We'll take the hit on everyone laughing that 30 million is too much for Ramsdale. We'll take the hit on nobody even knowing who Tommy Asu was and Sky laughing, saying he's not even a right back. Who even wants, who is this guy? We'll take the hit on all of the above because we believe and we agree that this is the strategy. We won't panic when it doesn't go right. And Manchester United do literally the opposite thus far. Flex, I, I think not only is it the strategy, I think it's the recruitment was of players with character. I think that's really important. And that's something the, 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 the fan in the stand or the fan in, on social media doesn't look at. The players who have come in have got character. They're happy to wear the badge and they will fight. This is what United were built on class of 92 because they were homegrown and every every virtually every player that came in after that who Fergie brought in whether it worked or not would still fight would still scrap I just don't see that fair enough you, you could you could admit they might not have some quality but the fight mm. I I just see them getting out battled against Brighton and stuff like that last season they're getting out battled. that's not Manchester United and, no, and the Premier League for me is a much better is much better place with a competitive Man United, with a competitive Arsenal. And we we have fallen off of that train. Of course we have. We're starting to get ourselves together a little bit. But I think Manchester United is a bit different because you've sight, you've done okay, you've finished second a couple of times, you know, you've 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 been a little bit successful. But it seems as though you're kind of falling off the cliff and and it, you, nobody's stopping it. Nobody's stopping it. And the thing is, is that a lot of it, Kev, is like it's been masked with a lot of things. So 
take this, take the year we finished second, for instance, right? You know, that was a that was that was a season with almost an asterisk on it. And that was Liverpool who won the thing. You know, that was, you know, we had the best away record. No fans in there. You know, it's, they play, it's almost like playing down the park. It's, it's behind, literally behind closed doors. As reserve soon as the fans game, came back. Yeah, reserve yeah, game. As soon, yeah. as soon as the fans were back, the away record was gone instantly. <laughs> I think we lost our first away game after that, actually, when the fans were back. Um, but the, the characters, the profile of players, and then you bring in lack of decision. So, okay, Oli would spend 85 million on Harry Maguire, 50 million on Wan-Bissaka. We now find our place in a... In a in a, in a position with a new manager who goes, Wambasaka's well, not for me. You know, mm. Tellez ain't for me. You know, Scott McTominay's not for me. Fred's not for me. You know, players that United's been built around. Dan James was bought under Ollie and sold under Ollie. Do you know what I mean? Like, even forget about him. He's at Leeds now. So it's yeah. like, there's no long-term thinking to anything that Manchester United have done and their inability to get deals done, identify a target go for that target that fits the profile, hasn't been done. Now, the plus side is we now have a manager who has a clear philosophy in how he wants to play, very meticulous, very forward-thinking manager, very tactically astute manager, and we've backed him in the players that he wanted to a certain extent. We didn't want Terrell Malassia as Manchester United Football Club. The manager's come in and said, I'll tell you what, that kid was good at Feyenoord. I wanted him when I was at Ajax. He's a good kid. He was about to go to Leon. He's only going to cost 30 million euros get him. The club have now started backing the manager. Fine. We wanted Pau Torres as a centre-half. He said, no, I want I want Martinez. I just had him. He's my guy. He's Ajax player of the season. I believe he has the quality. The reason why we're still into for Frankie de Jong after all this time, or after all this saga, is because Eric Ten Hag has said, I'll wait. I really want this guy. He's integral to what I want to do here at Manchester United. So, we're back in the manager on that sense. And, and you look at Christian Eriksen, he's definitely a player who he knows well, a player who can fit into that system. No problem, free transfer, no brainer. But essentially, we're in a position where we've allowed Ten Hag to get to the 7th of August, which was our first game yesterday. And we, out of the top six, were the worst team who had the most to do. And yet we've done the least in a transfer window. We've spent the least. Arsenal have outspent us in the last two windows. Arsenal spent the most in this window. Like... Because they're at it. Like, all that's been made of the Cronkies, and look, you guys will know way more than I do, but from the outside looking in, we, you know, we, we share that common thing of the Cronkies and oh, the owners, and, you know, I see it all the time from Arsenal fans, and I sympathise, I really do, because we have the same thing. But what they have done is gone, right, we need to stop, you know, Josh Cronkie and Stan Cronkie, whoever it is, has made the decision to go, we need to follow X. And Arteta's vision is this. Let's back this. And now they have, if it gets to the end of the end of the end of the window, sorry, the end of the season, and Arteta finishes seventh again or sixth again, cool. There's no more excuses. He's, he's trying to build his team, he's built his team. That is his team now. But at least he's been given the tools and the backing to get to a point where he can say that. But we're we are miles off that. And listen, I can take losing a game. I'm not fuming at the fact we lost against Brighton. I actually aren't, I'm actually not. It's the fact of the lack of vision of the way out of the situation that worries me the most. I can take losing at home, new manager, new philosophy. Players tried to play in his way for 15 minutes, but they went 1-0 down. Then old habits crept in. They panicked. They're not there yet. He's only been there. That was only his, in all competitions, like his seventh game he's managed for us and six of them were pre-season games. 
I get that. I can take that on any day. I can take losing the first five games, fine. But it's the lack of now our answer to that is to go and sign Rabio in the last contract, last year of his contract. Panic. Our answer to that is to then go and sign a 33-year-old Marko Anatovic who hasn't been good since he was at Stoke. Like, it's laughable. It's laughable, guys. It really is. So, one of the things that we've been talking about a lot on this show and our good friend Tom Canton from the Guna Talk TV, we had this conversation with Kev about Ten Hag has been used to a system at Ajax. Everything in the backdrop, the foundation, everything is there for him to just be able to operate from the academy to the players, everything. And one of the conversations we were having was he's so used to all of that, you know, strength behind him that going into Manchester United, it's not only broken on the pitch, it's broken off the pitch. And a little bit similarly with Mikel, we were broken on the pitch. We were broken off the pitch. Do you think that there's going to be patience for him? Because clearly the Cronkies bought into Arteta, like you said, and we're having patience with him. Do you think he's going to be given the same grace at your club? He has to be, Sophie. He simply has to be. And one of my reservations when everybody wanted Ten Hag in the United fan base, I literally said that there. I said, okay, great. He's done well in the Eredivisie. You can tell he's a progressive manager. He's had great Champions League runs. You know, that, that Champions League run that he had with against Spurs, that was fantastic for a team of 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 that ilk. And you look at what where them players went and got sold and where they went on to. You had Ziyech, who's gone to Chelsea. You had De Litt, who went to Juve. Um, Bayern now. You had um, you had Donny van der Beek, who ended up at Man United, who was going to go to Real Madrid. You had Frankie de Jong. He went, you know, many players. Davinson Sanchez ended up at Spurs. Fair enough, that was rubbish. But, you know, you had players who disembarked from that squad and went on to, to bigger things in Europe. That's how good that squad was. Um, but the patience has to be there because if it's not, we're just going to find ourselves in this revolving circle again. And I've been saying a lot within the stuff that we've been doing, there is more pain to come. I think Arsenal was the perfect case study to look at it. You look at, you look at, like I've seen the first two episodes of All or Nothing. I've seen the first two. And you know when the hounds are out, when everybody was laughing at you because you hadn't scored a goal by the international break, three out of three losses. To be fair, at least Arsenal had the excuse of, we've had a lot of players out through COVID and a lot of our signings haven't actually arrived here yet. And I remember Edu, remember I watched an interview with Edu around that time when he said, look, judge us when our players get here. We've got players coming in. And he just calmed the ship down a little. That's another thing that Arsenal have done really well, in my opinion, is improve that line of communication through to the fans, the transparency. Seeing your our CEO was caught down the pub with a bunch of angry Man United fans having a few beers, saying, "Listen, mate, we're burning through cash. You know, you look around Carrot, and I can't see where the money's been spent." Then he goes on record and says, "Look, we do want Frankie De Jong. The money's there. Whether it's hundred million, two million, two hundred million, whatever the manager needs, it's there." Caught underhand underneath the park bench. That's how. That's what our CEO's been doing. Meanwhile, Edu's taking the time to say, "Do you know what? Let's sit down. Let's put something actually out there that the fans have." as a reference point, something to hold me accountable for that's been planned out. Not a bunch of guys down the pub criticising him. Now, look, the way he handled that situation actually was quite good because he got a tip off that people were going to come to his family home. He said, look, he could have just called the police, but he said, look, I'll come down there. I'll meet you. I get it. But it's a mess. It's a mess. And that's what I mean. The line through to the fans <coughs> is wrong. Um, and also, we now find ourselves in a situation where we're not clear on the direction. We've had 
big changes. Matt Judge has left the football club. Ed Wood was left the football club. That looked like the signs of change. Then you're hoping that the new guys um, in John Murto and Richard Arnold can come in and change the way we do things. And I allowed them that grace. When people were panicking in July, when we hadn't signed anyone, I said, listen, guys, got a new regime there. Let them work. Let them work. Let's see what we do. We signed three players in in uh, in July. Okay, fine. Um, so we didn't sign anyone in June. We signed three players in July. Fine, but we still need more. Now, I'm like, wow. I'm the one who looks like the idiot for giving these guys time because now look, but we still have to wait, but the manager needs to, we've got to battle down the hatches. The media is going to come. The memes are going to come. It's going to get hard. It will get hard. And that's yeah. what I mean. I look at Arsenal back to them first two game uh, uh, episodes of all nothing documentary. It's people outside old, uh, old traffic, people outside the Emirates saying he's got to go now, get Arteta out. I don't care. Get him out. Question is, would you be in a better or worse position if you had sacked Arteta after them them first three games of last season and listened to that? You'd be in a worse position, you know? So, I don't know, man. We, fans, we're emotionally invested into our clubs, aren't we? And we say we're going to do something. We say we're going to get behind the manager. And I said, even before we did it, I said, okay, we're saying we're going to get behind this manager. What happens is the first thing he comes in is says, Harry Maguire is still my captain. Are you not going to be all right with that? Because that's what he did. He literally, yeah. the first thing he did do was say, he's still my captain. Oh, that Tessa resolves a little bit. Nobody wanted that, but that's what the manager wants. What are you going to do when you keep seeing Freddie McTominay there? Mm, I'll tell you what. What are you going to do now he wants Arnautovic? Do you know what I mean? So it's already in game one, we're being tested as fans. And we just have to we just have to go through it, man, because it's going to be tough. Flex, I, I, I think back to a couple of years ago, and uh, it's probably three, three years ago, um, maybe longer, where, you know, Arsenal were the meme club. Our fans were fighting each other in the stand. <laughs> you know what it was like, you know. AFTV and, and, and people doing podcasts were getting attacked and all mm. this kind of thing. But as we're in a results business, you know, we start seeing that creeping in at Old Trafford. People, you know, forgetting about what's going on on the pitch and they're, they're at each other's throats. Ten Hag deserves time. Definitely. Absolutely. But we do know it's a results business. And you mentioned about you could take losing the first five games. Let me tell you something. You lose the first three, like we did, there's going to be major, major... You know that. There's going to be The hounds major, will be out, Kev. Yeah, the there's going to be, be major out. problems. The, the only thing for me is, Flex, and I, I, I need to ask you this question. What's your top three wants and requirements for Manchester United and Ten Hag this season? The biggest thing for me, I, I believe, is um, you have to lower expectation. There's this thing as fans, especially as two great clubs like Manchester United and Arsenal, that we're fixated on those guys behind you there, Sophie. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, that just fills you with, you know, that is the antithesis of Manchester United and Arsenal. Takes you back, the, doesn't it? Yeah. In the era that I grew up in, you know, I'm 34, Kev, so that's, that's, that's my era. You know, you yeah. probably go back a bit yeah. further than that as well. But um, yeah. I mean, you and you played in that era, you know, the attitude era of the Premier League, I like to call it, you know, top, top level. Everything Keane lacked that Vieira could do with a football, Keane made up for in, in literally every other aspect yeah. to actually be level with Vieira, you know, in terms of endeavour, in terms of fight. Um, and he could play, you know. King gets labelled as someone who was just an ugly bully who goes around and kicks no, people. No, he could play. Could, you he know, could play, man. Well, he, he could play. Could play. Trust do you know me. what I mean? He could play. But um, 
to answer your question, it we have to lower expectations. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. I mean, when you when you when you play Sorry, the pictures Flake. back to back. <laughs> I, I had when to you, put it up there because it's the juxtaposition <laughs> to what you're talking about, right? And what we're talking yeah. about because we went through a similar situation in our midfield. It's where they're way off, way mm -hmm. off what you used to have. You know, skulls right. and Beckham and Gitt. list goes on. But some people think it's a bad thing to lower expectations, and depending on where you are, it can be. You know, to accept mediocrity and think that that's okay can be can be bad. But also to over expect something that just isn't going to happen is also a problem. You know, as the saying goes, you can't, the first start of making changes is admitting you have a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, for me, I've accepted that fifth at a push is our ceiling this year. Like that's if, if we perform to the best that we probably can and all the other teams, uh, you know, go to the best that they probably can fifth or sixth, if Arsenal and Chelsea and Spurs, sorry, if Arsenal and Spurs don't do what they're meant to do, which in my opinion is get in the top four, then you might leave the door open if Man United have sorted themselves out. You might get a little fight for fourth if it goes, like how last year was. No one tipped Arsenal to get fourth. Spurs were rubbish. Man United were rubbish. Arsenal put a run together. And then it, you just missed out on it in the end. But ideally, I would say the most important thing for me is identifying a style of play under this manager. Even if we're losing games, even if we're drawing games, we're not holding on or we're, the fitness is fading in the last 10, 15 and, it, and the results kind of slip as a, as, a, as a result of that. Am I seeing the same patterns? Am I seeing players buying in to a persistent philosophy? Because I think that's what we've seen with Arteta. I think I've seen that. You know, even, even when he's been a bit naive and maybe his changes haven't been there or his starting lineup, or you might say this player is not quite good enough. I've always got a feeling of like, I can kind of see what he's trying to do, though. Do you know what I mean? Um, at Manchester United, we have no identity. You don't know how that team's going to perform game in, game out. You literally flip a coin, whatever happens, happens. So we need to establish a style of play. That's the first thing, Kev. Mm -hmm. Second thing, what I want to see, decent cup run. You know, go deep into a cup. Obviously, try and win a cup would be amazing. Um, and just raise the overall, you know perception of the football club and the standards of the football club just raise those you know the rest will come the rest will come I think if any Manchester United fan is expecting us to get in the top four this year I think you need to realign where you are because you're going to be in for a hell of a long season if that's what you expect personally. so so what's interesting and why I was so fascinated about having this conversation is because the parallels really are glaring I'd love your take, and I know Kev would too, on the Ronaldo situation. We had a very similar situation where we gave a massive contract and wages to Ozil, and the same thing happened with Aubameyang. And I think the bravery of, and I've been very critical of Mikel Arteta, and I thought rightly so, because 8th, eighth, 8th, eighth, and then losing a Europa League semi-final to the man who replaced you, that's yeah, it's unacceptable. Not <laughs> exactly. It's not great, is it, Flex? Yeah, it's not. And then as we move forward, though, He's been given the backing, which is lacking at United now, but hopefully, you know, your new manager will get that, to make the decisions. You know, Ozil, Emery tried to get rid of him. He wasn't happy with him. He ruled the dressing room, didn't want that. Aubameyang and the situation with Mikel Arteta, which we'll see how that unfolds on All or Nothing. Now you're finding 
but but he made a stance. He put his foot down. This is my team. I'm going to build it in my image. What is your take on Ronaldo, which is, I think, a lot tougher considering he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. He's exactly. an absolute legend. He probably saved you last season with his goals. From further embarrassment. Absolutely did. Absolutely. So did. how how do you deal with that situation? What's your take? What would you like to see happen there? It's a real saga, right? Because you can't forget what he done last season in an awful Manchester United team. I don't actually blame Ronaldo for wanting to leave. I, I can get my head around that. Emotion again, we have to separate the emotion from the reality. Um, and the reality is is that a player like Cristiano Ronaldo, albeit he has amazing ties to Manchester United, amazing history of the football club. Cristiano Ronaldo always puts Cristiano Ronaldo first. That's the first thing we have to remember as, as fans. He nearly ended up at City. Do you know what I mean? Like, and we came in and we sorted it and we got him. Um, the problem for me is, is that we have to separate. On one hand, if Ronaldo leaves, how on earth do you replace the goals that he gave us last season? How on earth? And when Ten Hag first walked through the door, although people said he was the problem and he was this and that, my thing on Ronaldo was, Ten Hag needs to keep him because he needs in an absolute fractious squad at Manchester United with so many problems to fix. As a manager, he needs to have some constants. And the only constants that Manchester United can offer up is a goal scorer in Ronaldo and a shot stopper in David De Gea. They're the only two reliable performers. And even with the way that Ten Hag wants to play, David De Gea is now going to come into question because he needs to be better with his feet now. He needs to command his area. But those are things that you could probably deal with while I saw central midfield, while I sought the wing positions, while I sought fullback, while I sought centre-back, whilst I saw every other position on the pitch, I'll keep Ronaldo and I'll keep De Gea. I can rely on them. For me, it all changed as soon as Ronaldo says he wants to leave. For me. Ronaldo, in my opinion, and I know it's, it's rich coming from the back end of the result of what happened yesterday, you know, having to play without Ronaldo, what on earth will we do? I get it. Can't rely on Martial. But think of the impact that a Ronaldo has who's been kept against his will, really, because the club's saying, you're not for sale. We're not entertaining it. A Ronaldo that actually has had a lack of suitors. You know, Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich have lost, arguably, depending on who you speak to, whether it's Benzema, whether it's Kane, whether it's Lewandowski. They've lost the best striker in the world in Lewandowski. And they said, Oliver Kahn said, amazing player, achieved amazing things, doesn't fit with our philosophy. Don't want him. Offered to Chelsea. Just had an absolute mare with Lukaku. Absolute £100 million mare. Crying out for a striker. Had a look at it. Mm. I see what's going on at Man United. And if it goes wrong here in a year, that's going to be me having to deal with that. Because Ronaldo's in his twilight years. He just wants to go where he can play at the highest level and not get a guarantee of winning be stuff, but and try and try and be successful and try and win things. He doesn't care where. He doesn't care where at this stage. So for me, I think we should let him go. But the only problem with saying that now, in this situation, is what does Man United look like without that quality? Now, you've got a Martial who is hot and cold, done really well on the tour, hamstring gone. You know, um, you've got a Rashford who back to goal for, as a number nine, not it. We're now linked to Arnautovic. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? So it's like if you do let him go, we're even worse. So, and Ten Hag saying he wants to keep him and is looking forward to it. So I just think there's this thing that Ten Hag wants him because he's like, that's such a conundrum to fix right now. If I could just get him to buy in 
and get this team functioning. I know I can get him scoring. I know I can. He believes in his, in his own ability to do that. It will come at the detriment of other players not being as good. It will come at the detriment of other players feeling like they can't be themselves in the dressing room because it's Ronaldo. Harry Maguire cannot on any... You, you know what it goes like, Kevin, in football the hierarchies. Hierarchy, and the hierarchy. It happens in all dressing rooms. I've seen it even on the pitch. Ronaldo's walking over to Harry Maguire saying, listen, duh, 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 over there. Then I've seen Harry Maguire go, okay, cheers, cheers, Cristiano. I'll go over and have a jog now and have a word with the ref. He's in control of everything. Whether it's right or it's wrong, He's someone it, of that he? stature, He's earned nobody it. can tell him anything, which at one sense, it's a good thing because it, it drives the standard through the dressing rooms. You know, Ronaldo's almost looked at, at like the odd one out because his standards are high. The other way around, when Ronaldo used to be at Manchester United with the likes of Keane, with the likes of Neville, with the likes of Giggs and, and other players like that and Rooney, if you had a rubbish mentality, you're the odd one out. Get out. Do you know what I mean? So he's looking around and can't understand this. So that's that's a good thing. But on the other side, it's a bad thing because it can stop development of the other players. When you're on the ball, subconsciously, I need to find Ronaldo. He's going to bollock me. I've got to find him. It changes the way you play. You know, Benzema had to fall back for years because Ronaldo was there. Mm -hmm. Dybala had to fall back when he got to when he got to Juventus. Somebody's game must suffer because Ronaldo's that good. It's just how it goes. Bruno Fernandes' game is gone now since he's come. You know, that's just how it goes. So I personally want to see a, a scenario where he leaves. But I don't trust this football club to A, allow that to happen and B, have a couple of replacements lined up so we're not too light. So I'm again, it's playing on my emotional strings as a fan because now I'm left in a position where I'm like, right, I have to now keep the guy who doesn't want to be here because we're linked with Anatovic otherwise. Anatovic. Oh my, just laugh. Flex, do you know what? Listening to you, you sound like how we sounded. Totally. <laughs> a a few years ago. Gift. Yeah, it is a carbon <laughs> copy. You know, for me personally, I think I think Ronaldo was earned his position. I thought he got brought to the club because he was going to up the ante. And they said to him they were going to make the necessary decisions in the transfer market to lift the squad. Anytime a player like Cristiano Ronaldo come, comes out and says, I want to leave Manchester United, something tells me he's been lied to. Or what they said to him was going to happen hasn't happened. So one thing I do think is, though, I'll be honest, I, and this is where I got a little bit annoyed at Ronaldo is how he's handled the situation. So he wasn't on tour because of personal reasons. Soon as someone mentions their family, especially with the year he had losing a child, 100 <laughs> percent. You stay away from that. You respect that. Some people could raise the eyebrows and go, oh, yeah, just before tour, all family issues. But me personally, I'm not the type of, um, you know, content creator that likes to to jump on things when you don't know the facts. It's just not my yeah. style. So I can give him that grace. But what I will go off is the facts. And the facts are, once we returned from that, he said nothing, all on social media, just kept his mouth quiet. So that shows to me probably dealing with your family issues, et cetera, et cetera. But then when the sporting links came out, yeah, he was linked to Sporting Lisbon. He went on his Instagram, put fake news. He hadn't responded to any rumours with Chelsea or Bayern Munich, all these other teams, but you want to go on your Instagram and put fake news there. What do you, what, and, and then he put out a bigger statement saying there's loads of lies in the media. If they don't speak about me, they don't make money. So, you know, keep my name in your mouth. Something, you know, along them lines, having a rant back at the media. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, Cristiano. Are you trying to throw cold water 
over these flames? Or are you putting coal on there? Which 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 one are you doing? Because you're not helping the situation by coming out and you know saying no to some rumors rumors and saying nothing to others. You're not saying anything by acting like, oh, why is everybody talking about me? You know, you're not coming out and saying I'm 100% committed. It's all lies. Looking forward to getting back fit. You're not saying that. So what are you saying? So for me, that's where I was really disappointed. That's when I was like, this is becoming an issue. Then you get his first day back at training. George Mendez's agent's in the car. Now, Kev, you've played at the highest level. You don't bring your agent to training to get the balls and cones out for you when you're, you're doing your free kicks. You know, fizz me a ball in, George. Keep keep trying. Your agent comes manager. with you. I Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll train you. Speak to the manager. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. know, it's like parents evening, isn't it? You don't go to school <laughs> with your parents. There's only one day you go to school with your parents. And that's when they need to speak to the teachers and work yeah. out what's going on. It's that time. Yeah. You don't come on a normal day to school. True. So don't wow. make out like nothing's going on. When it is, that's my issue. You're trying to angle for a move. Okay, cool. But don't act like nothing's going on. And that annoyed me. That really annoyed me. Also, he's very clever, isn't he? How he utilizes his social media. A lot of players are, you know, it, it almost felt like the association with Sporting Lisbon, and I say this with respect, but was beneath him in that, regards. That. I'm not going to shut down Chelsea because they're good. I'm not going to shut down Bayern Munich because I wouldn't mind going there. I'm not going to shut down PSG. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to shut down all of these other options. Sporting, that's my hometown club, but I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to put, get the cigars I've out. Done that. Cuban shirts out. Yeah, that. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, maybe I'll do that as the last hurrah. Don't don't disgrace me. Zlatan's 14 is still playing, so I'm going to at least 41. You know what Ronaldo's like? He's going. He's going to keep going and going and going. So for me, that was a real. Then you get the thing of you know he left early, and other players did leave early. But for me, you're in a match day squad. I sat next to them players who weren't in the match day squad who left. Ten Hag has now come out and said, cool, fair enough. They all shouldn't have left. But for me, True. I think it's a bit of a cover-up to kind of put them all in one box so it isn't just on Ronaldo. Then he went in on Simon Peach, a journalist, the other day, saying, you know, stop just talking about Ronaldo. It was all of them. Do your research. And they're trying to keep Ronaldo out of the spotlight. They want him to stay. But I don't know. It's, it, it, it's a mess. It's a mess. I think you man. need him really to stay, is. Flex. United need him to stay. because I, I think we do now, yeah. Goal, yeah. I don't see where the goals come from. Not uh, with Ronaldo, no. Time. That yeah. shows me well, everything. You know, in, in your squad, you need Ronaldo. Definitely. So, Flex, I know you have to go off and do another recording. Do you have a few more minutes to just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'll put that one on hold because I was a little bit late. To this okay. Morning, so. All right. Fantastic. Um, so, I've got a couple questions from our squaddies, uh, by the way. Um, Lone Star says, is it time to accept that this version of United is realistically a top eight team? we've been here so they're interested in what the juxtaposition angle of course with where we were and where you guys are at are you a top eight team you said fifth at best maybe yeah fifth at best and you know you'd be naive to rule out and be district and disregard the likes of a newcastle you know who could gate crash that that top look what west ham did last last year they just wouldn't go away right until the end it's that annoying you know, that little fly that you're just trying to bat away this won't go <laughs> infiltrate usually it's Leicester they fell off last year looking like they're in a bit of trouble this year as well not signing anyone but you you'd be naive to think that you know that's secured I mean don't get me wrong you got to back the manager yes but it's like like Kev said it's still Manchester United he doesn't get to finish 13th and that's okay <laughs> we just go it's fine you know so but yes to answer the question of course it could happen so this question is coming but 
By the way, Danny D is a Spurs fan. We have Spurs fans big up, that listen to the show, Flex. Love that. That's no, good, don't big it? him up. Don't, he causes oh. trouble. But we're asking oh, this right, question okay. <laughs> because a lot of us now, I'm joking. It's a nice display but... picture as well. He's looking all smart and stuff. It's proper. Big up, Danny. He, he, has, he has to dress smart on the air, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we love that we have Spurs fans that listen to an Arsenal show. But it's a question that a few Arsenal fans wanted to know too because, of course, there were some Gunners fans that wanted Conte at our club as well, Flex. Yes. Was that a boat that you missed? One of the biggest decisions, one of the biggest things that happens, turning points of last season, was when we smashed Spurs 3-0 in Nuno's last game. Because that was the catalyst. That was the final nail in Nuno's coffin. And he got sacked. If we would have lost in that time, there was a high chance, Oliver. There was massive pressure on us going into that game. I think we just got beat off. Was it Liverpool or was it City? One of the embarrassing things, or it could have been Leicester 4-1 after the international break. One of the embarrassing situations had happened to us as well. And then what Oli did coming in off the international break, I remember we went like five at the back in that game, battled down the hatches, went with Ronaldo and, and Cavani up front. He really compact. Um, and we smashed him that day because Spurs were awful. Um, but Spurs won that day. Spurs won that day because what happened is they got Conte. You know, they finished the season strong. They got top four. As a catalyst and domino effect from that, they then get money to spend. They spend it well, it looks like, and they, they're in a good position this season. They won the Battle of the Managers that day. Um, then we kicked on with Oli a few more games. We end up at Watford 4-0, 4-1, get sacked. Dire straits, Ragnik, interim, rabbit. Like, didn't have a plan. Did not have a plan. So I wanted Conte 1 million percent. Um, I just believe that the club didn't have the stomach for it. They don't want a character like that. I think they got burnt from Jose Mourinho. Because those types of managers, when it ain't going right, they let you know. They, they they conduct themselves in a way. You know, I remember when could say it was camera play or whatever, but when when Burnley beats Spurs 3-0 or whatever it was at Turf Moor, they beat them anyway. One Last nil season. where they, they, was they, they one went nil, and beat sorry, City sorry. and then they lost one that nil. Was it. Yeah. One nil, one yeah. nil one sorry. Nil they lost one nil, but it felt like it was three nil the way Conte yeah. was going on. Because after that interview he did, this is not for me. You know, they need to look at my position. I don't accept this. This isn't me. You know, they need to think about what they want to do here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Do you know what I mean? Man United just didn't want that smoke. He's too fiery a character. He'll be marching down the corridors, banging down the CEO's door, <laughs> saying, get me this, get me that. He'll be in the press conferences. You know what I mean? Talking it. He'll be talking it. Yeah. yeah. They just didn't want it, which is a problem at the football club because it's someone who has standards. So I definitely would have taken Antonio Conte. But I'm very happy with Ten Hag. Very happy with Ten Hag. So one of the things that's come in is that a lot of people saying you have a lot of overrated players, Maguire and Rashford being the two that, you know, um, are, are being mentioned a lot. You know, we've had that too, players that just continue to play and get picked because maybe there's no other options. Rashford was one of the players rumoured mm. to be linked with us, of course, um, that was never going to happen. I knew that was never going to happen, yeah. Yeah, never going to happen. And, you know, Kev always says too, like, uh, it's the players. Like, we have this argument a lot on the show. And LA Galaxy got thrashed at the weekend. It was humiliating. And I asked the goalkeeper because I said, Kev and I always argue about the manager has to be culpable at some point. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and not expect different results. Do you put this all on the players? Is 
Is Maguire that <coughs> bad? Is Rashford that bad? Are they being misguided? Is it the players? What What do you think of people that are asking about some of your players? Even Bruno Fernandes, as some would say. Yeah, as it says on FIFA. Um, yeah. Who, by the way, is loathsome if you do not support Manchester United. He's a, he's a player that you really won't like. He's like, you know, he's how I view a Richarlison. Like, if you're playing against him, he's just it's horrible. But if he's yours, he's yours. You love you know him. I mean? You love him. Yeah. yeah, he's one of them. Um, it's a bit of both. To be honest with you, I think we've, as a fan base, gassed up a lot of our players to better than what they are. I do believe that. Um, but at the same time, Manchester United has not been a stable institution for so long. Everybody who walks through that door fails. Everybody. Eventually. You know, all the signings that walk through the door might start well, but then they get infected with this, this Man United thing. And they, they they all of a sudden become rubbish players. It, just on Rashford quickly, I think he's a player who has a lot of ability. But I just don't see I've never I've never been I love Rashford to bits, but I've I've never never had him on this upper echelon. I've never seen it. I I, I look at Marcus Rashford now and I and I almost think he's the same player from three years ago. He hasn't kicked on. You know, he still looks raw. He still looks like he He's unsure in the decisive moments. He still looks like he doesn't understand his position properly. Now, some of that is mismanagement and different styles of play. I get that. Some of it is that he's just not as good as some people think. He just isn't. You know, his fundamentals there. I saw Danny Welbeck yesterday mm. running the line. Why? One, because he's fit. But two, his understanding of the game is way better than Marcus Rashford's. And, you know, he's not the name brand player. He's always the one who gets, you know, mocked and, you know, you know, laughed at a little bit. Oh, you're the next Danny Welbeck or you're the next this. And, you know, when people like to diss players sometimes, you know, Danny's, Danny Welbeck's biggest, you know, problem was probably, is probably his fitness and his availability. Mm -hmm. And then probably his finishing after that. But other than that, he's a very good player. <laughs> we just saw it yesterday. Um, but then I look at someone like Rashford who, look, leave what he's done off the field unbelievable shouldn't even be mentioned in the same scope as football you know they're two different things but i just see a player that just hasn't kicked on and is struggling to like he's gone through an off the worst i've ever seen him last year felt really sorry for him last year i'm not skewing his performances but it got to a point where i was like just send him on holiday early there's no point in keep playing him in this like he's just you know your player just comes on kevin he just, just don't want the ball they're shying away from it. You can feel the confidence zapped out of him. Um, but he has still got ability and he's still a better player than what we're seeing. Harry Maguire, another one for me personally, just not up to the level. Just not up to it. The worst thing that ever happened to Harry Maguire was becoming Manchester United captain. That's Ollie. That's on Ollie, that is. I feel like it would have been a little bit better if maybe he could just focus on his own game and be one of many moving parts. But the fact that you've put him, you know, look at the guy behind you. You're basically saying, you're basically saying that you want Harry Maguire to have the impact on a team that a Roy Keane can, that a Wayne Rooney can, that an Eric Cantona can. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? That a Brian Robson can. And it's like, I know you can't compare eras. And that's a bit harsh to Harry Maguire, but you're at Manchester United now, son. That you wear the and armband, especially when you get given the armband. 
you're changes gonna get everything. Compared. Yeah, it changes everything. It's all right if you're just a player, one of many you can fit in. You might be remembered as someone who came in and had a bad time. You are on that very few short list of Manchester United captains, not just getting it by default because someone was injured. You are club captain, and it's 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 swallowed him up. It's swallowed him up. It really has. And then you couple that with Ronaldo in there, he's got no chance. Kev, are you disappointed in Sancho? Because he was a player that we kind of fancied at our club as well. And Flex, I, I, it's, it's come up a lot in the chat. By the way, uh, almost 700 of you in live chat right now. Hit, kiss, hit, like the button. Don't piss Kev off. He wants, you know, he wants at least over half. Don't yeah. upset the legend. Minimum, minimum half. We've got Flex on, on as well. We've got, got, got to be Flex on. And this is, yeah, a, man, this minimum, is a great, minimum. great, great show. Um, am I disappointed in Sancho? Do you know what? I know there's more to come from Jaden. I definitely know that because I've known him since he was a kid. But he's coming to a dysfunctional team. He's coming to Manchester United, who Flex mentioned Ralph Ranick coming in. Ralph Ranick is a is, is a manager who likes to likes a system, he likes to stick to the basics. You see, Manchester United couldn't do the basics. Manchester United's game has always been counter-attack. Flair and counter-attack. You have the good players in the good positions and you have your flair players at the top end of the pitch. We can absorb and then when we, when we, when we cut loose, we can score at a high rate. One, two, three, four. Manchester United are not the same. They are not the same team. And unfortunately, Jaden's had to come in. He hasn't one minute he's playing with this one, next minute he's playing with that one. There's no continuity, so I get it. And he, I'm sure him himself would say, I can do better. But do you know what? I think he needs a settled team. He needs a settled striker to play with, a settled team. And then you probably see the best of him. Sancho's got a big problem, right? And, I, and, and what Sancho's problem for me is one of two things. One is the perception of the winger that he is versus the winger that he isn't. That's the first thing, the profile that Jaden actually is. And the second thing is what you said there, Kev, is the system of which he's playing in. So when I look at Sancho, right, there's a misconception, having watched him closely now, I've seen him every game since he's been here, up close. There's a misconception that he's, you know, really quick, really powerful runner, you know, can get past people really easily. It's not actually his game. His game, is having the ball at feet, being in a system that allows him to bounce play, bounce passes off players, come inside, play little deception, wall passes, little deceptive, shots, be 100%. Yeah. Because when I look at the likes of Saka, Son, Diaz, uh, who else? Mane when he was here. Salah. Kulisevsky. If they stop the ball dead from zero... To 10 15 yards they're gone they're gone sancho doesn't actually have that thrust he's not actually very quick across the ground at, at, at beating the man what he's very good at is if you're backpedaling because the transition's been fast because the team's set up right and you're backpedaling towards your own goal he can give you he can give you a quick little jink you're going to go the wrong way he's got quick feet but he doesn't have quick and strong leg power do you know what i mean to actually get past people and if i look at the best wingers in this league you need that in your armory. Or you need a system that is like Dortmund's. You need a system that is like Manchester City's, where there are so many options for you to play again, play with, 
and so many players on your level of football IQ that you can play your game. Sancho needs that environment. And I worry, I actually do worry for Sancho that if the longer it takes for our system to be in place, he's going to keep looking like he's average for me because I looked at it yesterday and it was, was it Sully March or was it Veltman? One of them. I think it was Veltman. In one when the game become a bit fractured and we'd we'd abandoned we'd abandoned our our principles how to play because we're panicking, we're two-nil down. Now it's throw everything at it. It's back to the old man United. Give it to a winger, see if he can beat him. Honestly, not when scared. I heard his name mentioned towards the end of the first half, I, I'm not joking. I was like, oh, wow, is, is he playing? 100%. No. So I'm trying. So this is what I want Arsenal fans. The reason we're talking to Flex tonight, it's a Monday Madness meets Football for Enemies. Our clubs have been in glorious positions and both have fallen from grace from those glorious positions. We'll get Flex out on these bits, Kev. Mm-hmm. Who's going to, I mean, when you see Haaland play for City yesterday, I mean, we're all jelly of City. We all want their success, of course. Um, do Tottenham finish above Arsenal? Do Arsenal finish above Tottenham? Do we finish in the top four? Are we going to be... What's your take on the Gunners this season from what you're seeing? And how do you think that top four is going to shape out? Was that to me or was that to Kev? No, to you. Oh, to I know I've answered, I've oh, answered so I was going to say... <laughs> What's my take on um, Arsenal? Will they finish above Spurs? Um, we love the outsider-insider perspective. Yes, absolutely. How do people absolutely. see our club? I see Arsenal as an exciting prospect this season. I think the signing of Gabriel Jesus was huge, massively needed. He's looked brilliant. I think the signing of Zinchenko was very good. If you couldn't get Martinez, similar type of utility player, can play a range of different positions. You could argue that he could be better than Martinez because he already knows the leagues and a proven winner in this league. You could already put that argument straight away. Um, and then um, I look at Saliba as well. I mean, it's you've been crying out for him to actually get an opportunity. And my God, does he look good? So I see them as an exciting team. I finally look at that team as an outsider looking in and say, like I said at the top of this show, this is now a team that is in Mikel Arteta's image. And as, an outs- as, a, as a rival fan, I'm saying... No excuses now, Mikel. Of course, there's no God-given right to get into the top four because it's difficult. You know, people are laughing at Chelsea now saying they need this and need that. Dave, <laughs> definitely not a gooder. Um, they, um, they, they, but they've signed uh, Kudabali and Sterling, two really good players. And Chelsea, being Chelsea, can easily turn an average window into a very good window in 20 days or so. Do you know what I mean? So we shouldn't write them out, <clears throat> even though they flattered to deceive against, um, against Everton. But I see it as Arteta cannot fail this year, like fail miserably. Can't. He's got to get him in the Champions League, though. And I know that sounds a bit hypocritical because I said there's no God-given right, but I just look at it. That'll be his fourth year. Am I correct in saying that? This is his third, third full year. This is his second year. full year. It's his second full year, is it? And he's it's three years. Right, is yeah, it? Third I thought year. he had third three year. full years. Oh, okay, yeah. right, okay. So it's his third year and he went eighth, Eighth, fifth, fifth, and now won an FA Cup. Won an FA Cup in his like the first half of the season, which was really good start. Which I say with Emery's sloppy seconds, but yes, don't like me for that. (laughs) He did the business. He did the business. Can't take that one. Hundred percent. And he has to deliver some goods. He does have to deliver some goods. I fear that if he doesn't, I think Arsenal are within their rights to say, "Well, you've had a fair crack at the whip." 
I think. It, you know, this whole, if you give him this whole season, you know, go again in January, even sprinkle some more. This window's not even finished yet. He's still very aggressive in saying we're, op we're open for more and we're looking. So, you know, the window's not done for you yet. I just feel like the pressure's on. You finally got a team you can be proud of. And you finally got some good individuals and some good characters. And you finally have a good team. I look at Arsenal and I think, they can hurt you. They can. Do you know what I mean? They, they, <laughs> you don't want Saka running at you. you. You don't want Jesus doing that. You don't want him running at you. You know, if you can keep Partey fit, um, you know, he's a great player. You look at how Ramsdale's settled in. You look at uh, no, Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White, you know, Tommy Asu. You've got competition now at left back. Kieran is looking over his shoulder thinking, am I even going to play now? Do you know what I mean? So, um, as an Arsenal fan, I think you should be confident, sceptical, because, you know, I, I get it. Some people still say, you know, when the, I think when Arsenal have been at their worst is when the expectancy level is actually on them. That's that's a big, that's the next question mark. You know, last season, most fans, I don't know how you guys felt, but most fans were saying, Arsenal, nah, at best six, we ain't got this, we ain't got that. And it turned out you were just within a whisker of getting top four. It changed mm. as the season went on. Now the expectancy's on. So how are you going to deal with that pressure? How are you going to deal with being back in Europe and having more games? You know, so there's a lot of question marks over a young squad still. Not going to be perfect, not going to get it right all the time. But there's definitely optimism uh, from the outside looking into me. How does well, the sir. top four look to you? The top four goes City. So brutal for a Man United fan. Horrible. Always them two in the two, you know. I've seen some people, you know, saying, you know, Spurs have had a really good window. They can finish above Liverpool. I just don't. I think we need to relax with that. I think you guys would agree as Arsenal fans. Um, yeah. You know, you've got to relax with that. You know, there's been no evidence. The only two people who can keep pace at that level is them two, putting up 90 points plus, putting, you know, 15 wins in a row together, things like that. Unbelievable. You know, Chelsea were in the title race for a little bit. Around December, lost a couple of games. That was it. Never saw them again. Um, so... I think it goes City, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, this is where it gets a little tricky, oh, isn't it? Mate. It's hard, isn't it? It is hard. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, actually, do you know what? I'm not writing off Chelsea. I feel uncomfortable doing that. As Great. it stands, yes, but I just, you can't sleep at Chelsea. Yeah, but we can only team. talk about now, Flex. We can't talk about. All right, as of today, Monday, the yeah, 8th. Yeah, we, we, we've got to talk about today because we know. Chelsea can go bang, bang, bang. As you said, 20 yeah. days, they've got a whole new forward line. We know that. Okay. But All right. So as, as of, of now, today, yeah. as of now, Chelsea look way off it then. That's fair to say. Arsenal look at it. Spurs look at it. So I think Spurs will, I think Spurs will finish third and Arsenal will finish fourth. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that will be, Mighty close, mighty close. That's what I think. And then Man United, you know, if Chelsea finish fifth, we might have to take sixth or whatever. But we're just a floating spare part. Whoever whoever messes up, we have to try and seize an opportunity. We're not in it. But yeah, I think I think. But like I said, I still think. I actually also think that because look, guys, I know get out flexes came Marlon. You know, fourth <laughs> or third, same thing in it. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Yeah, you want to finish? Yeah, if you're not right, listen, but, that's what Kev. Ask Super Kev. He hates this whole. <laughs> Tell him, Kev. <laughs> if you're not winning, it's just all bollocks. It's the same basically. thing. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, yeah, good. so that's how I see it going. That's fair, all right. Re real yellow for flex. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, maybe we'll give him now. Not on his first Sorry. visit. All right, in a nutshell, Sorry. real quick, because I know you got to go. Um, 
Who wins the League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League, oh, Europa League? God. Are you guys going to win Europa League? Do you remember <laughs> when Mourinho said that finishing second with that United side kept was, right. was one of his greatest was, achievements was, and everyone yes. laughed at yeah, him? Everybody laughed. Right, man. He was right, man. Us as fans, you know, we back players over, over Mourinho at that time as well. There's a lot of things we have to apologise for. Um, oh, that's hard, isn't it? Um, when we come up against City the best, we win. won't. Kev thinks City League? might just do it this season. Now Haaland's there. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, 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 it's right. Right time. And of course, we've backed ourselves to win Europa League. Because have you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why have you done that? Why not? Why have you done that? There's been no evidence to support this. Uh, hold on a minute. Yeah, guys, you know I mean, I've been friendly to a certain point here, but <laughs> Go on. come on. You've got no all right, let's hear like, it then. Just let's like Spurs then. got no just <laughs> Arsenal and Europe. Don't mention no, Spurs when it comes no. to trophies, please. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just like Spurs got no. No right entering the phrase for winning, winning trophies or, or finishing above Liverpool. Arsenal shouldn't be in no contention to be winning any European trophies as well. Less domestic. All right, cool. You can say finally the delivered one. <laughs> Kev. Oh, here we go. You finally see, delivered the dagger. <laughs> because because you know what it is. There's only so, like I will be a, a, a objective and stuff, but you we've got to support our teams. I can't. I, come on. I'm not having that. There's got to be a cut off point. I'm down and I'm down bad, but I ain't going to have that. No. Um, neither of us two will win the Europa League, <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, Arsenal. Arsenal won't win anything this season. They'll just get in the top four. There's one Who invited him, Kev? Was that <laughs> who invited hey, listen, him? Anyway, Flex, lovely for, for you to be coming on. Slit your route there, Flex. <laughs> it's All right, so who's going to win it? So who's going to win it? Who's going to win yeah. the Europa then? Oh, the two European and the two domestic trophies. Who's someone, I think, someone who drops down from the Champions League will win the Europa League. Mm -hmm. That's just okay. I don't even know who that will be. That's just yeah, you where don't I'm know at. Who that one. Don't know that one. FA Cup. Who's going to win the Champions League in your eyes? Champions League. Uh, that I'm really uncomfortable with saying City are going to do it. It's not in their history. Well, you just said more. it. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so they're not winning it. No, they're not going to win it. I'm going to say. No, Real again. I picked them to win again. Actually. I was going to say them. I, I, yeah, I, I can't. The, the Man City. They've strengthened. Thing, they? they've strengthened. Man City and Liverpool make me sick. I can't. I'm just going to go Real Madrid. I'm on an Arsenal podcast talking about Man City and Liverpool. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to run me? Talk about piling in the. the oh, I mean, nah, 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 nah. Got to put a stop to this. Real FA Madrid. Cup, FA Cup, F and FA League Cup. Cup. FA Cup. Say it. Don't you Man dare. United. Okay, okay. Man United, all right. Okay. <laughs> back us to win one. Cup um, League Cup, Man City will get back to business because they'll be annoyed that they didn't win it again last year, mm. like they always did. Perfect. He didn't pick yeah. them lot down the road. No, no, they're not winning anything. Good. Okay. Good. Well we done. can agree on that. They're still Spurs. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you, Flex. And you know what? Yes. You've been gold. It's been absolutely top, brilliant top conversation. Man. Top man. Big up, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. As soon as you shouted me saying, you know, would I love to come on? The answer was yes straight away. So 100%. Um, you can find me, FlexUTD, on Twitter. And um, obviously, United View on YouTube as well. Um, and I'm sure uh, when we play you in game six of the Premier League calendar, I'm back? sure we will be speaking then. <laughs>
I'm when sure we, we will flex. Yeah. Lovely. When we deal with you at Old Trafford, like we always do, even if we're rubbish. <laughs> Everyone's been waiting for the saltiness to come, Kev. Yeah. Let it come it. at the end. Let it come at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Let it come at the end. Your best season, we had our worst season. You're only one place above us, still in Europa League with us. Yeah, you know I mean, oh, that's how it goes. Hey. There he is. There he is. Thanks for having me. Man. Thanks, Thanks Flex. Take, too, care, Take, Take care, babe. Take care. See you soon. Bye. Bye. What a great guest, Soph. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guest. He's a great yeah. guest. Definitely. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Thanks to Flex for coming on. As he said, uh, you know, we love talking to opposing fans, Kev, and we love talking. The, the, the general idea of the conversation this evening was we've been there. And we're not saying that we're out of the mud at no. all. But not at all. to be able to kind of have that conversation with someone who knows and a fan who knows what it's like to be at the very top, to win. And he was really excited about talking to you as well. I think, you know, uh, it's important for us to kind of maybe remind ourselves that we've been through that journey and we haven't come out the other side yet. But my goodness, Man United, I think they're more in the mud than we were. I mean, do you know what, Soph? I, I want to ask us, the squaddies, how they felt listening to Flex. Did you feel it? You know, did you feel what he was going through? Did you feel, did it take you back to how we were? I mean, it just, it was like, it was like reading our script, wasn't it? Totally. Oh, it was terrible. And it's terrible. Definitely. Uh, it was good banter at the end and he does talk sense and he's really good. He's just really smart and knows what he's talking about. He knows his football. By the way, 700 plus of you in live chat. The likes, Kev, are... At... How many? How many? Let's get it. Tell us, guys. Tell us what the latest is. I have a surprise for Kev. It's a good surprise. Yeah, don't, but it's... Well, don't. Tell me the likes first before you start surprising okay. me. All right, then. All right, because let's get you know the likes. What? It... Oh God! Here what what a great game. show over an hour! And yeah. if the likes are horrendous, that's not exactly. that's not great. No. You won't even close the show, will you, Kev? Nope. Uh, come on, great show! Yeah, all the compliments, we love it, but we know we want to know, and we don't have sympathy for United. We have three hundred nineteen. We are way off. Would you? We want four hundred. So if there's seven hundred and what sixty something. Call it there 750. was 750. Call it 750. Yeah. 750. Man United we fans need... probably ducked out. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need 375 minimum. Okay. 375. Uh, Harry, thanks. The channel's moving in the right direction. Well done. That's hilarious. 342. Um, right well, now. so we're, we're, 50, says we're moving. Come on, Newman. Keep us in the loop, Newman. Newman, get those likes up and I'll show your art that you sent to me over the weekend. Oh, God. All right. If we get to 400, I'll show Newman's art. Oh, but no. until then, no, I won't show it. So get it to 400 if you want to see Newman's art. It's real easy to click. Kev, I've got a surprise for you because you know that you're Vinny's hero and he loves you to pieces. And we've got a special, everyone's saying bring Vinny out, bring Vinny out for the likes. But this is only going to be used for Thursdays. And I did want to show it tonight. Are you ready? Ready. Hey. Ah. Got a bow tie on it. Oh, love it. Listen, and if I you're have... not going to hit the like button now, peeps, 
after that that export that that exclusive come on wow i got i got one more if you want to get it to 500 everyone but now i know your eyes everyone's eyes who's top of the lead well done Danny. i'm not gonna i have one more as well for everyone before we get kev's take on the weekend and and close out we finally got vesper a gif Aye. she's obsessed with ramsdale she doesn't like catching the ball she, she likes saving it. it. Yeah, yeah. And Matthew <laughs> Hudson, thank you so much once again for putting top, together top these class. for us. You are absolutely epic, and we so appreciate you. And uh, he was watching uh, Vespa's video and put this one together for us too. So nice if you can't get Fantastic. us to 500 likes right now, I don't know what to say. Kev, what's your overall take on the weekend? Your assessment now you've seen all of the teams and and where we're going um, well, it's, not only us but also yeah, everything everybody it's gonna be quite Every, exciting everybody i think it's a it's been a good start to the to the premier league we know it's the first day um week one and um look it's 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 kind of gone it's gone okay uh for for us definitely on the friday night to set it all off look with the, the usual suspects usually afflicts flex their muscles liverpool was a surprise. Tough game at Fulham. Fulham played them hard. Fulham, you know, Liverpool obviously came back a couple of times. But, you know, we, we often said, if Fulham are going to do anything, they've got to get their main man going. And he, he played really well, didn't he? He mm -hmm. played really, really well. Got, got a couple of goals and nearly won it for them. Um, but, again... Chelsea didn't look great. Um, Everton looked all right. Missed the striker. Um, Forrest were a little Honor naive Cody's at times. Honor Cody's a good signing though, right, Kev, yeah, for them? Of course, yeah. Listen, Everton need defenders. I mean, when you look at Everton lost, of the of three centre-backs there, Everton lost two on the, in the same game. You know, it's, 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 it's unfortunate, but you need player. The best ability is availability. And um, getting a Connor Cody in, you know, he's from Liverpool. I think he's a Liverpool fan, but doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Getting back to Merseyside, playing for the Blues, he'll be he'll be uh, a good signing. Um, looking to really bolster that midfield, aren't they? With Onana um, and, and Drissa Gay. Supposed to be coming back to the club as well. So there's going to be plenty of competition in that midfield. Need a striker, though, so got to say need a striker Solomon Rondon is still out but long term he's not the answer they need somebody so they're going to be looking around definitely looking for someone but all in all I think you know good to see Leeds get a win so if I must say them come from behind yeah against Wolves look Leicester blew their lines 2-0 up and then lost two drew two each Brentford so point shared I can't wait for Leicester. <laughs> is Zidane in? Is Zidane in, by the no, way? No, he hasn't showed his face. Um, uh, well, do you know what? He appeared on Curtis Shaw TV. Oh, he did when you were on last week? Uh, no, he, he put he put um, a comment on Curtis Shaw. I saw the comment. So he is still about. <laughs> he's just keeping his nut down, Sophie. That's he's keeping he's his nut down. He's keeping his nut down, but so. Again, nothing doesn't happen until five, six games into the season. That's when the teams are fully fit. They're match fit then. 
But if you can get your points up until that point, you know, get good points up until that point, it could make a huge difference. Like we saw last season, we had to play catch-up. If we could get these points in early, it will be really good for us moving forward. Yeah, totally agree. And look, guys, there's a long way to go. It was fun to watch Haaland play with De Bruyne yesterday. You know, um, Darwin Nunes, his, sec his goal, Kevy tried it once. It failed. He did it again. That was quite the finish. That was sweet. Uh, Jesus. He, lucky. he got lucky. So, so do you see it? He got lucky. He tried it. He missed it. It hit um, Tolson uh, on the leg, on the foot, hit his heel and went in. That's when you but know the, you've got a bit of luck. The, the audacity, though, to have that confidence to do oh, it. Listen, I like. listen he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a quality player, Sophie. And to be honest, when he came on, he changed the game for Liverpool. He did. He, did. he really made a difference up there. And um, he's going to be a handful all season, so that guy. Yeah. Nunes is a good player. And why he's on the bench, I don't know. But I don't think he'll be on the bench in the next game. No, no chance. not at all. Not at all. Uh, I have to say, I mean, Kulichewski, that cross for his goal, that was, he's a good player, Kev. I don't see how Richarlison gets into that team. Sorry. Well, look, Sophie, one thing we do know, we know these the Spurs front three have got major quality. Kulishevsky proved it last season. He's a handful. He's very, very good. And he's very direct. And he could deliver quality balls in the box. The fact of the matter is, you know, Son didn't get on the score sheet. You know, the Spurs, Southampton scored they're, and woke them up. They're going to be in trouble. Southampton scored and woke Spurs up. And then Spurs just flexed their muscles and, and dispatched them. So... Listen, they've got an interesting one this week because they play Chelsea at the bridge. And, you know, Chelsea have an incredible record against Spurs. So that's going to be an interesting early season battle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we don't mind we don't mind a draw in that one and we win. So there you go. It's the rivalry is still going. Yeah, for sure. And don't be despondent. Uh, Jesus may not have scored you guys, but my goodness, the impact he had on the game. If you want to hear Kev's... Um, take on his uh, short form observations go to kevin campbell on youtube and you can hear it there you can also listen to our post game show as well from uh friday night and go over to kevin campbell on youtube because he'll be doing a lot of those little bits this season please subscribe uh squaddies because it's worth it and of course go over to the gooners podcast as well uh, so you can book your seat for september 2nd we're doing a live q a and i will be in london for that as well, which is going to be absolutely amazing. And of course, a show wouldn't be complete without us talking about our good friends over at Zenith. And Zenith uh, coins, the main guys. Get lovely. your Zenith coins. Our coins coming along real nice. We put the final touches on that over the weekend, and we're really excited about what is coming. It's going to be so collectible. There's a special certificate of authenticity on that one that you squaddies are going to want to have forever and ever. Are we at 400 likes? Is this true? Fine. Somebody put 420 it. before. so I think that was Newman trying to get his art up. Is he trying to get his art up? His little cohorts. All right, well, here we why, go. Why wouldn't he just put 500? You're not putting his art up. Because you said well, I 500. Said four, I said 400. No, 500. 500. No, I said four. 500. I said four. I don't want to see his art. <laughs> Listen, I made a promise and I'm going to do it. Yeah, but oh. I don't want to see his art. So if that if that's going to get me out, I'll go out. Then you could show his art. Because I want to see Newman's art. 
I know what wow. Newcastle's like. So you're leaving? This is epic. Well, are you going to put it up, are you? I am going to put it up because I said 400. This is oh, an go actual on, go on classic high-pre-scored moment. Hold on. <laughs> Look away, Casey. Okay. Go on. If we want yeah, rub in the cows. Rub in the cows. I know <laughs> what's going to happen. It's not as bad here. as usual. It says Virginia loves Newman. There's a coin on my head. There's coins everywhere. And Kev's bow tie looks like something from Mardi Gras. There's a girl's gone wild. It's action. And I don't know what Sue Barker's doing there in the background. He likes Sue Barker. He's got such What's a all this case who must do better? You see, that's what I mean. That's why I listen, Newman. That's why I don't like your art. Newman, I've got to say, that's rubbish. Do better, Newman. How about absolute, you do better? Absolute garbage. I, I much prefer the, the one with Lee Judges on. Well, yeah. that rubbish. Well, there was there was something pretty to look at. Well, you know, there was something. Oh, curvy. Hourglass. Yeah, was some, some curvy. Something curvy to look at, at least. The dodgy Kevin must do better. Do me a favor. I don't know. He's coerced Schooner Russ into all of this stuff as well. Mark, Maggie Kay. Uh, they're all <laughs> Trev, the whole gang. Oh, that's it Kev that's all we got for we give you a bumper edition on Monday Madness uh, radio style um, one hour 17 minutes in thank you so much for listening to the show thanks again to Flex uh, check him out at Flex United and uh, United View TV and of course the legend that is Super Kevin Campbell with us Newman do better on your art and try and improve thank you once again to Matthew Hudson for Vespa's little gift and no, that's a bit of art. Look at this. Now that's Vessel. a bit of quality. It's a bit of quality. Come on, Newman. You got to step your game up. Come on, or else you get dropped. <laughs> oh, we'll be back tomorrow night uh, live. Uh, I'll be here with Tiffany. Um, you're not on tomorrow, are you, Kev? Are you on tomorrow? No, I'm not on tomorrow, unfortunately. Yeah. Kev's not on tomorrow, but we uh, will be back live tomorrow. We've got Tiffany Campo from the Arsenal America Group, so we're going to be talking. A little bit of Arsenal, a little bit of the tour, and some insider information that you won't want to miss from everything that happened in the US. Plus, we'll give you all the latest news. And, of course, you guys will be in chat to keep us company. Super Kev, take us out. Okay. Hostess with Amosis, another great show. Well done. Well done for getting Flex on. Thought he was a really good guest. Squaddies, you know we salute you all the time. Tell your loved ones you love them. Enjoy your day, evening, afternoon, whatever it is. And never forget, squaddies, don't look at Newman's art. Good night. At ease. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Library Squad is powered by Zenith Coins. Support the future, treasure the past. Official licensed partner of the Arsenal Football Club. Follow at Zenith Coins across all social platforms.